If you want something done right, you better have Regina King do it for you. In her feature film directorial debut of the Golden Globe nominated movie, One Night in Miami, King masterfully wields her camera like that of Thor's hammer, giving audiences a chance to witness a legend coming into her own behind the silver screen. Malcolm X, Sam Cooke, and Jim Brown celebrate Muhammad Ali becoming the heavyweight champion of the world in 1964. Screenwriter Kim Powers reimagines the conversations and the world-changing decisions that soon followed. I'm Denny. And I'm Veronica. Stay with us as we review One Night in Miami. Are you currently looking for a bookstore that has a great selection of books? Well, Kizzy's Books and More is that bookstore. Visit www.kizzysbooksandmore.com to purchase your next book for our book club. Use coupon code VULGARGENIUS to receive 10% off the subtotal of your first order. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Vulgar Geniuses podcast. My name is Denae. And I am Veronica, and it is the last week of Black History Month. I'm so sad. But that's okay, because you know what? I celebrate Black History 365. 365 Black. Thank you, McPhees. <laughs> <laughs> they gave us that slogan. So if you are wanting to catch up on what we've been doing here in Vulgar Geniuses, um, we have a podcast up with our YA writer and book of the month, um, Kosoko Jackson, and Yesterday is History. Yeah, so go check that out. That that dropped a few weeks ago. And um, we also have a review of, what's the movie that we watched? I can't remember now. Oh, Judas and the Black Messiah. How could we forget? How could I forget? Shame. How could she forget? Shame, shame. <laughs> yes. So definitely go and check out those two uh, podcasts. Get your Black History Month on. And uh, so we are, we are so happy to announce once again, if you yeah. haven't been following us, uh, we got a special guest coming up soon. Who is it? It is the writer of Black Book, Mateo Escapor. Yes, I'm so excited, man. Like, Yeah, it, he is a New York Times bestselling author, and he is the bomb diggity. No doubt. No doubt. So, yeah. You know, you want to tune in next week for that. That's going to drop next Friday. You don't want to miss it. Nope, you don't. And if you miss it, it's okay, because it's a podcast. We'll, we'll be in the internets forever, forever, ever. <laughs> So, you know, if you like what you, if you like what we do, did I say that right? That's right. Yeah. If you like what we do, we're on Patreon. You know, we can give us a couple dollars and that would support the liberation and the revolution. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Judas and the Black Messiah. Um, No, it would support us greatly because we do this out of love and out of the dedication to the education of the masses. Amen and hallelujah. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, you know, show your support, show your love, um, and we appreciate every penny that you can drop in our direction um, to keep this podcast going. 
and uh, this movement, yes. this fight, as Denny has already yes. said. Um, link, link in bio, it's Vulgar Geniuses Book Club. Um, we also have merch. It's all in our link tree in our bio. On our Instagram page. Yes. So join us. And uh, yeah, so before we start talking about what we have to talk about, I, I just want to say that I am very excited. This is the this is award season that I always look forward to, uh, which are the Golden Globes. You got the Grammys. You got the Oscars. Like, this is the part of the year that I'm excited about. Winter, spring, summer, fall, winter. <laughs> I am I'm totally excited about this time of the year. Um, even though there weren't the nominations that I think that should have made you know the news i am happy for the ones that made it and uh, judas and the black messiah and um the movie that we're getting ready to talk about tonight one night in miami are up for some big awards and i'm i'm really excited about that and uh so if you haven't listened to our judas episode make sure you listen to that one we'd love to know your thoughts if you've seen the movie hit us up um, and let us know. We want to know what you all thought about um, Judas as well as One Night in Miami, which we're getting ready to talk about now. This movie was amazing. The first, like what I told Veronica before, the first five minutes of this movie, I'm like, who casted this? Because mm. this is a, such a great casting. And, you know, I always post questions and she always have answers. <laughs> So she looked up in the internet, in the interwebs, that um, uh, the character for for Malcolm X, yes, and Ma- and Sam Sam Cook, both of those actors, which Malcolm X is played by Kingsley Benadire, and uh, Sam Cook is played by Leslie Odom, who people who know him from Hamilton, if there are any Broadway fans out there, yes, those two actors were cast like. At the last minute, and mm. I think I think uh, what I read about Kingsley was that he was like cast like a few weeks before they were getting ready to start filming, and he originally had auditioned for uh, uh, Cassius Clay, now Muhammad Ali's uh, part for the movie. I know. I'm so glad that he he became Malcolm X. Yeah, he's a good fit. He's he, a, definitely a good. He fit. is a very good fit. Um, and Veronica's heart, Denzel Washington, still always, remains the same. Always the winner. <laughs> I think. I think the rest of a, of America would agree. Like he's he's Malcolm X number one, <laughs> but uh, Kingsley, I think he's probably you know a good close second, <laughs> bit, bit way better than Mario Van Peebles in the Ali film mm-hmm. with uh, Will Smith, but. Yeah, I, I I liked him in this role. It was it was good. Yeah, even even the one that played Cassius Clay, Sam Cooke. Oh yeah, Eli Goree, uh, Goree, Goree. I'm sorry, Eli Goree. If you are fans of the um, Netflix series One Hundred, the One Hundred, he's in that. Uh, he was in the movie Race. He's been in several things. Um, so he, he's been out and about a lot of these actors, majority of all of them, all of the actors have been in like prominent roles. Yes. But this has been like a different, like this movie shed a different light to them. Oh yeah. Cause they, 
they basically became these iconic people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was it was so believable. It was so well done. Like this movie doesn't have action scenes. This movie doesn't have, you know, the fireworks, the all the what basically all like, you know, every other movie in yeah. Hollywood has. You know, the fast cars <laughs> and like explosions and like none none of those. Yeah. It's a good thing you bring you you bring that up because this movie was um based on a play of the same name. Mm-hmm. Um, written by the same screenwriter. This screenwriter is also the playwright. His name is Kemp Powers. And if you all have Disney Plus, that means that you got to see Soul, mm-hmm. which he was the writer of. So um, I think you can you can definitely feel his writing. You can yeah. hear it in this movie. And you know the fact that it started as a play, as a Broadway play. Kind of, it's kind of the movie is kind of like that. It kind of remained true to what it originally was, but still was very adaptable into a movie. Mm-hmm. They they they've done it. They've done such a good job in combining the two that if you watch it as a movie, you're like, man, I can see it as a Broadway play too. But you know, movies are more magical because you can cut, you can edit, you can put music. But for this movie, it didn't need a lot of that. Right. They the characters are enough. The dialogue is enough, and the small movements of their faces, like how they how they act, how they carry themselves, is enough. Mm-hmm. That's why the first five minutes of that movie, and I'm like, let's go. We're onto something here, mm-hmm. and I was like, Regina King. Lady, ma'am, sit down, cause you are so good, so good, so good. Yeah, she she has Regina King. Everything she touches turns to to gold, and then platinum, and diamond, and every single other gemstone in the world, <laughs> in the universe. Like, you know, for me, knowing who she is as an actress, like the first time I met. Her on screen uh, was her on 227. Uh, for those who might not be old enough to remember or know, <laughs> uh, it was a television series that aired on NBC. And it follows this family based in, I think, Brooklyn, New York. And she plays the daughter. And um, it that show originally was a screen... It was not a screenplay. It was a it was a play. Mm-hmm. Um that ended up becoming a television show. And she, so she has been there from the very beginning of the conception of the play. Mm. She started it first and then she moved on to the television show. And um, so that was the first time that I saw her. And then, you know, later on, she would be that that side person, mm-hmm. you know, the side friend <laughs> to the white girl, like in, what's the movie? Uh with the with the beauty pageant it fails me now miss congeniality oh yeah yeah so she's in that she's in other things so you know she had one of those faces and those voices that you were just like i've heard this person or i've seen this person before but i don't quite really know her know her like if you weren't really all about Mm -hmm. you know watching everything like i was growing up 
but she's widely known for doing the voices for the children on the Moondocks. Yes. Which, you know, I think is probably of all her performances the best. It should get all the Emmys. Unfortunately, <laughs> it didn't, but, you know. <laughs> You can go in and uh, HBO Max and watch the Boondocks if you've not seen them and see her in her, in her glory, <laughs> in, in her all best. her glory, <laughs> in her best. But she did the hell out of this movie, and um, I'm so glad that we're here for it. That we're living through this, this wonderful time, of cinema. Yeah. Who among all the characters gave you goosebumps? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know if I have a... You know what? I would have to say Leslie Odom, which I think his nomination is it is perfect. It, 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 yeah. Him as Sam Cooke, it was so... It was so good. So there were certain things in the movie that is not in the play. Mm-hmm. So you have, like, anything that features moments where they're not in that room is mm-hmm. not in the play. Mm-hmm. And um, she does a good way of weaving their lives separate from each other but together they, but together um she does a good job doing that and and leslie onum as sam cook is just phenomenal i mean even down to when he does the um the ending when he is on the johnny carson show yeah the tonight show and you see him talking and i've seen that video before mm-hmm. and i'm like damn he he had that down packed like but yeah. i loved how each actor even though that they were portraying people whose voices and mannerisms are so known to the world mm-hmm. they didn't make them like you know like caricatures like yeah it's they they brought their own selves mm-hmm. to make sure that those characters are done correctly that's why i think it's so special to watch movies like this that autobiographical and you see people that are real but played by by actors Mm -hmm. because you're just like oh my goodness like they look alike they sound alike but there's a little bit different which i think that is the magic of these actors that Mm -hmm. we've seen who was yours who did you like it was sam cook oh yeah like bar like straight up like the moment that he like came into the picture like how he was like you know like, in the beginning, he was, like, so kind of, like, full of himself. I'm, like, oh, so, like, I don't need to do none of this shit. I got my thing. I, 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 I've, I had this down to a T. The white man is working for me. You know? And I'm, like, <laughs> you would hate him. But I think if you evoke an emotion for me, that you are doing a very good job. And I'm, like, this guy. Why? Shh, shh. Malcolm X is talking to you. Listen to Malcolm X. And he's not listening. And I'm like, okay. And then when he sang, oh my God. I was like, okay. Okay. I see you. I see you, Leslie Odom. I knew you were good, but I didn't know that you were this good. He is a really good singer. Really good. Um, Well, you mentioned him and Malcolm X having that conversation about like Malcolm 
trying to figure out why he isn't writing the music that Mm -hmm. needs to be heard. Mm -hmm. And at first, he's like, oh, there's no money Mm -hmm. in protest music. And then Malcolm is like, well, you got to hear this song. And he plays um, Blowing in the Wind by Bob Dylan. (laughs) And... You know, they get into this these arguments. It's arguments throughout the, the movie, mainly between those two characters, mm-hmm. um, about what should what should each be doing to help the black community. Mm-hmm. And each one breaks it down to like, this is what I'm doing. The science of it. Right. And so, you know, there's this point where you're you're watching this and you feel like Malcolm X's response to um to uh, Sam Cooke, you know, makes sense at first. Mm -hmm, Where you're mm -hmm. like, oh, okay, he's reading his rights, like, where he should be, you know, and kind of, in a certain way, giving this, like, holier-than-thou type of conversation. But then Sam Cooke, like, lays it out flat and tells him, like, you know, you think that I'm up here shucking and jiving for these white folks when I'm actually, you know getting their money and making them work for me Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and when he talks about you know uh having the rights to his music and um getting the rolling stones to like you know do one of his songs Mm -hmm. and how he's able to make money off of the royalties for that which by the way if you are in the music world make sure you own your shit and also you know that you're able to utilize those those rights in ways to gain you more money like to be a writer on a song means so much more than to be just the person that sings sings it because you're gonna have people who's gonna want to redo your music if it's good Mm -hmm. so i'm sure like maybe 20 years from now somebody's gonna be out there redoing a beyonce song and beyonce is gonna be like okay you can do it but give me my money yep like look at like dolly parton like Dolly Parton gave that I Will Always Love You to Whitney Houston. It blew up. But and she's, count, she's counting that money mm-hmm. over and over, even well after Whitney has passed on. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I think Sam Cooke had an idea of what it meant to be a musician and to, like, really pave your way into a legacy because, you know, he's talking about that financial freedom. Yeah, and, like... You know, how to outsmart them and how to be a better businessman Mm -hmm. out of all of them. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, but Malcolm was just like, you have all these power. You can use it also to do something different. Mm -hmm. But I think they're wanting to do the same thing, but in different paths. Right, right. So you see the struggle. You You see how two different people can approach the same thing. And it's just like life, you know, mm-hmm. how how they choose to live their lives. And now you see also um, Jim Brown and then Muhammad Ali trying to do what they think is right for them, but also would not make, you know, would not make like their dignity um, gone just because they want to do something that would preserve them as people. Mm-hmm. Like Jim Brown wanted to do, you know, acting and wanted to go to movies and then Muhammad Ali is Muhammad Ali. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. you know, they had those conversations like, you know, an athlete's body is only just... For a limited time. Yep. You have like a... You're like a ticking time bomb, mm-hmm. you know? And 
they had a conversation that oh i wanted to jim brown was like i wanted to be like an actor i wanted to do and you know i was in this western and then cassius clay then back then was kind of like laughing at him because he died early and it's like of course it's a western you a black man you're gonna die soon enough <laughs> you know but in but in jim brown's um head i was like but it's an easy role and they get paid what thirty seven thousand dollars yep for those few minutes, like, I think mm-hmm. he says he died, like, 20 minutes within the, the movie. Within, exactly. <laughs> but you know, you don't, you're not doing that much, and you're making all of that mm-hmm. money. Like, you know, that says, like, okay, there's a future here. Yes. Let me pursue that. Because he is already famous. Yeah, People it, know him. And it's, you know, when you're, when you are thinking in terms of what it is to be an athlete, especially a football player because there are so many people who are football players whose bodies just get run down to the ground and mm-hmm. and a lot of the times they you know when they retire they some either sometimes don't have money to fall back on no mm-hmm. investments no assets no no future beyond their glory years on the field mm-hmm. and for him to make that statement i think really speaks to him understanding like i have to do more than yes me playing this game even though as much as i love this game i know that this game can only take me yeah so far and that's mm-hmm. why you only have like a limited number of men now who play football you see them later become, you know, commentators, but you don't see them becoming owners of football teams. Mm-mm. So, you know, it, it, it speaks volumes to what he was saying in regards to what he knew what his future would, would be like later yeah, in the years. Um, Muhammad Ali was 22 years old when he became the heavyweight <laughs> champion of the world. And we spoke about age in the previous podcast when we were talking about Fred Hampton and I did not know that this man was 22 years old me, me either me when either. he got that you know and what this the movie addresses is this is a pivotal moment right where Malcolm X is meeting with Maha, uh, at this time Cassius Clay um, to talk about converting to become a Muslim mm-hmm. right and how he felt that it was necessary to just to the movement in general for black people and as well as to the Muslim world mm-hmm. of of gaining somebody like Muhammad Ali to come. Um, yeah. And, and it's a lot of influence. Right. And, and it's and a lot of attention. To exactly. Them. Exactly. And the struggle that I love that they dealt with in the movie was him deciding like is this the choice that i want to make and then within the conversation if you watch the movie you find out later on that there's not a full-out argument but there's a a spat a conflict (laughs) you know like him trying to figure out like are you using me or do you really want me to come into this faith yeah and having a really honest conversation about what religion is i really love the approach of it of the the feel that she shift that regina shifts in when they get ready to pray 
and it just like the music changes the scene changes they change like you know they physically you know taking certain parts so he takes like muhammad not muhammad but uh malcolm x takes his glasses off takes his tie off like you see this physical change that happens before they get ready to to pray and um so she's able to like document all of those moments and i love what kemp has uh has done anytime i think about what powers does with his writing in terms of you know explaining where these people may have been in their story of this huge transition period for all of them Mm -hmm. he does a um this it's almost like a painter like showing you the human side of all of these people who the world you know holds as like these gods like icons yeah these are straight up icons of the civil rights movement and then to see them have these human moments throughout the the film it just it, it just got me in my heart i really i really like that part about it going back to um Cassius Clay and um, Malcolm X talking about like did you know that conversation or I guess that little argument about him being kind of like fool like not tricked that's what I think that's how he felt that's mm-hmm. how I felt mm-hmm. he was tricked into being Muslim because um, Malcolm X wanted that that influence mm-hmm. and you know like he would have conversations with his wife Miss Betty about you know oh did you tell him yet or like you know is he gonna agree with you with your plan and you see his face and like not yet i haven't told them this and that and it makes you also like you know question the other side of like how things really go inside you know how these connections have been made Mm -hmm. i'm not questioning about the sincerity of them but he is 22 years old cassius clay back then so He's, you know, you can tell him one thing and he can be influenced. Like, he's he's a kid. Yeah. Yeah. So you you, you also think about, like, you know, was was that, was, you know, as, like, um, Sam Cooke was, like, telling Mal- Malcolm, you know, you have your own ways. I have mine. He was kind of implying, like, you, look at you. You basically have, you know, Cassius Clay, the, the greatest boxer, athlete now in the world on your side. So somebody's going to fight for you as well. Mm-hmm. I'm doing I'm doing my own fight. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, you know, it's how to play the game. They have to win the game and they have to do it in any way possible. But, you know, other ways might be more acceptable than others, but I think that conflict, that build up to that big conflict was was done with so much finesse. And, you know, just how the how these characters kind of like talk and the dialogue you would see like you know these are four grown men doing grown things but when it boils down to it they're just humans Mm -hmm. and you know they have dreams aspirations wants and needs but they're just trying to fight the good fight for every black person in the country but they also have doubts among themselves that, yeah. you know, is this the right thing to do? Is is this what's supposed to be done? Is this worth my life? Because Malcolm X is being followed. Um, you know, 
and he knows about it. Yeah. His friends call him quote unquote paranoid just to kind of light up, you know, lighten up the situation. But I think they also knew. Yeah. And Sam Cooke was telling like Cassius Clay was like, you know, if you go with Malcolm, if you declare yourself as a Muslim, you basically have a like, you know, a target behind your back. And Cassius Clay was like, it's always been there anyway. Yeah. You know how how he talks and how like their personalities like just slightly touch every single thing that a black person goes through at that point is very nicely done. Mm-hmm. And that's why going back to the Golden Globes and like, you know, all the awards for, for the season, I think this movie is a very good contender. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, yeah, for sure. Even if she doesn't win the award, I think just having that nomination is is large enough to be mm-hmm. able to you know uh yeah. raise up this story that mm-hmm. needs to be told in a in a in a light that we've never seen it told in before of like taking a uh the idea of what a biopic is and then mm-hmm. turning its head on it of like saying okay but we're going to deal with the what ifs the things that we don't know mm-hmm. like we all know that they all stayed together in this room this one night in Miami but what did they talk about and that's also very hard to do because you want to give justice to, like, the character. Mm-hmm. Like, who the human being is when they were alive or is still alive. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to, you know, step on any toes because then these people have families. These people have lived through the worst of history. So it's hard to navigate that part, too, for me. That's why I think this is, this is why this movie is very interesting because... She did it in such a way, her and Kemp Powers did it in such a way that, you know, it brings whatever struggle that these people have in, you know, to light, but also there's justice in their, in, in the formation of their characters mm-hmm. in the, in the way and in the dialogue that they speak is very respectful on who they are. Cause you can, you could, we've seen other like biopics and other movies. I'm like, is that really what happened though? Yeah. Like you question like the integrity of of the person after that after that movie but in here you you kind of give them more respect mhm mhm what would you say was your would be like one of your favorite scenes in this movie one of my favorite scenes oh man um probably one of them like like right now, like it's playing in my head, mm-hmm. is when uh, Malcolm X went to see Sam Cooke sing um, in yes. Boston in the concert. <laughs> yes. Also, um, another scene was when they were stealing Malcolm X's camera <laughs> on top of the rooftop. Because that, that made me like laugh so hard. <laughs> and like... Oh, brother, brother Malcolm losing his affect, his speech affect or something. What was it? Oh, his speech gets affected. <laughs> like you know, like cause, like, man, you gotta, you gotta stop talking like you're in the 1940s. <laughs> Somebody said one of those lines, and like it shows you, like these people are really friends. Yeah, yeah. And they can play around with each other, but they can also talk about the real, the real stuff. Yes. Yes. Those are the two things that I won't forget about this movie. 
I'm glad that you brought up the uh, the performance in Boston, the concert that he said that he'd mm-hmm. gone to, and him confessing to him. Well, not necessarily confession, but him like just straight up telling him like, I knew who you are, who you were, when even though I never told you in the very beginning that I knew mm-hmm. who you were. I basically stalked you. I stalked you. I went to all of your shows. Maybe five. He said five. <laughs> Come on now. It was probably all of them. <laughs> but um, that scene of you're on the stage with Sam Cooke and he's, you know, he's been sabotaged mm-hmm. by Jackie Wilson and he is trying to gain the, the crowd back, which is really, really hard. Cause yes. Once you lose a crowd, especially with black folks, it's going to be hard to bring mm-hmm. them back. If you've ever watched an episode of Apollo, Showtime at Apollo, you know that once you mess up, you, you, you off the stage unless you start singing a church song. That's the only way to get you back. But the the point of view where you're seeing him on the stage and he's singing and he's having the, the crowd to, um, you know, provide the percussion for mm-hmm. the song and everybody's in it and you just hear this rhythm and him singing and then it, it pans out into the audience and now you're in the perspective of Malcolm X and he says, I could not hear what he was singing, but I could feel it and all you hear is just the the crowd clap clapping and stomping their feet and that's all it took but you watching that could feel the power in that moment and you you've been there you've been in his spot where you can't see or hear what what the person is you know talking or Mm -hmm. singing but you can just feel the energy from the people and i was like this is what made this movie. Yeah. Just <laughs> that scene alone she should get an award for. And I'm just like, who that that panning out, who ever thought of that that idea is the real winner, the real mm-hmm. MVP of this movie. Yeah. This um this movie is definitely, you know, one that we can put on uh, as a as a classic, as a a Black History Month classic, Black Cinema classic. One that I will have no problem rewatching over and over again. So, thank you, Miss King, for that. You yeah. did that, girl. Yeah. That's Hopefully, her po- one day we can have her on the podcast. That's her power. Mm-hmm. That's how she sh- she's sharing her power. Yeah. I'm glad that she has decided to go this route. I mean, I've seen other things that she's directed. Um, Insecure being one of them. She did a show. Mm-hmm. I think it was like last, last, not last season, but the season before last. Um, and I mean, it was a really, that particular episode, I think was probably the season finale, if not the season finale, some, some before it. But it, that particular episode was really, really good. And if she can do television, she surely did did the fuck out of this movie. Yeah, and she'd be like, I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you how how I do things around yeah. my house. That's somebody who's definitely been paying attention to the industry around them. Because it's one thing to be like, I'm an actor. I go in and I speak these words that someone has written for me. Mm-hmm. But to really pay attention to the process of what happens. Oh, yeah. Between and and during all of that, that's a lot of insight, observation, probably a mm-hmm. lot of learning, and just a lot of experience. And yeah. I think you would choose to do that 
um because those things probably you know even though you're surrounded with it if you don't if you don't want to live if you don't want to listen or if you don't want to learn it you won't you won't you won't do it yeah you won't you won't be able to do this kind of things very very well and she's definitely been paying attention so we thank you for that and i really hope i can't wait to see what she's got coming out i feel like she has a lot of stuff now on the I, I feel like her her when when this movie released I think her phone must have been like just off the chain be like can we do this can you oh help yeah us? can you um miss king like I feel like she got all the messages oh yeah it's and it's gonna yeah. be more yep it's gonna be more Y'all so watch out here she come oh here she come <laughs> she's a man eater yeah definitely so I guess this is a part of the show where we tell y'all goodbye. You know, thank you for listening to our, not really rant, but our love for this movie. Yes. Um, rants are for other things. Yes. <laughs> we didn't rant today. No rants today. We didn't rant today. Not for, not for this film. So only love for this film. The actors, all the people that have helped this movie to become what it is. The editors. The director, everybody. Thank you. To the casting people. From the bottom of our hearts. The casting people. Are... Y'all did that. Yes. <laughs> Y'all did that. All right. So, good day, good night, whatever time it is that you're yes. listening to this. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram. And wear a mask. Always wash your hands. Social distance. The pandemic is real. Be safe. Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed our show. Follow us on Instagram at Vulgar Geniuses Book Club. Our theme song was produced by Sean Kantrowitz. Follow him on Instagram and Twitter at Sean Dammit. That's spelled S-E-A-N-D-A-M-M-I-T. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe to our podcast on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. See you next time. Deuces.